It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ live every weekday morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Hi, I'm Leslie Ludi for Daily Thunder, and I'm excited to be joining you again today for our Becoming Brave series, Stunning Composure While Staring at a World Crisis. And I've been popping into this series to share with you inspiring stories from Christian history from men and women who have personally impacted and inspired me to gain courage in the midst of crisis. It has been life-changing for me to read and study stories of ordinary men and women who believed in the power of an extraordinary God. And as I've mentioned before, I'm not naturally a courageous person. And so seeing these examples of men and women who simply yielded and surrendered to the power of God and what is possible, the courage, the composure, the bravery that is possible when he overtakes our lives has been really amazing for me. Today, I'd like to look at the life of Gladys Aylward, who was an amazing missionary to China. And she has inspired me for many years, ever since I began to study her life when I was a teenager. Two qualities that I really appreciate about Gladys Aylward. Number one, she had a childlike faith in a very big God. She counted on God being with her and coming through for her. And secondly, she was a spiritual athlete. She was this little short woman, didn't have much of an education, and yet what God did through her life because she was willing to rise up on the strength of God and resolve to conquer, as Catherine Booth would phrase it, she became a spiritual athlete and God mightily worked through her life to transform the country of China. A number of years ago when Eric and I were first starting out in ministry, we did not understand the concept of being a spiritual athlete. Ministry was a lot more difficult than we expected it to be. And maybe you've stepped out in some kind of ministry and if you notice the same thing, it might not even be something that seems very big to you, but even serving behind the scenes at a church or witnessing to a neighbor, anything you are doing to build the kingdom of God is going to come with spiritual attack. And without the right spiritual tools, a lot of us want to give up, walk away, quit, or get burned out. And that is the place that Eric and I were at until God began to show us that becoming a spiritual athlete and going the distance is not just about having resolve and determination and human willpower. It is truly getting out of the way and letting the strength and the grace of God do in and through us what is truly impossible in our own strength. And so God walked us through a process of becoming fortified spiritually and having the endurance to go the distance. But it wasn't just positive thinking and digging down deep and tapping into our own willpower. It was getting out of the way and letting him do that work through us. And you see that so beautifully demonstrated in the life of Gladys Aylward, because even her call to China was something that came about in a very unusual way. And it was truly impossible for her to even be able to go as a missionary. She lived in England in a time when it wasn't very common for single women to just go off to the other side of the world and become missionaries. She didn't have a wealthy family. She didn't have a mission organization sponsoring her. And she just worked as a parlor maid. And so the idea of her saving enough money and even having the right contacts to get overseas and become a missionary was somewhat laughable. But the burden of China was heavy on her heart. And this is where I really see the example of childlike faith coming in because instead of looking at all the circumstances that were surrounding her and saying, okay, it doesn't seem wise or logical to go in this direction, I'm going to ignore this burden that's on my heart. She said, no, I believe in the power of God. If he has called me to China, he will provide a way for me to get to China. And she describes the moment when she made the decision to go. She was sitting on her bed in sort of the servant's quarters of this house 
house where she was a parlor maid and she was reading her Bible and she was very burdened for the country of China, but had absolutely no idea how she would ever get there. And this is what she wrote. She was reading the book of Nehemiah. As I read the first chapter, I felt very sorry for Nehemiah and understood why he wept and mourned when he heard about Jerusalem in its great need and could do nothing about it. She really, really related to that agony of soul because she had the same burden for China and could do nothing about it. And then she said, he was sort of a butler and had to obey his employer just like I did. Then I turned to the second chapter, but he did go. I exclaimed aloud and got up a strange elation within me. He went in spite of everything. And then as if someone was in the room with her, a voice said to her very clearly, Gladys Elward is Nehemiah's God, your God. And she said, yes, of course. And the voice said, then do what Nehemiah did and go. And her response was, but I am not Nehemiah. And the voice spoke back to her heart, but assuredly, I am his God. Now, whether that was an audible voice or just a very clear voice in her soul, we don't know clearly from her story, but it's very clear that she was hearing from the Spirit of God. And here was her response. That settled everything for me. I believed these were my marching orders. I put my Bible on my bed beside it my copy of Daily Light, which was a devotional at the time, and beside all of that, all of the money that I had. What a ridiculous little collection it seemed, but I simply said, oh God, here's the Bible about which I long to tell others. Here's my Daily Light that every day will give me a new promise, and here is my money, which was a very small amount of coins. If you want me, I'm going to China with these. Her willingness to do anything to go and say, Lord, I'm not holding anything back. Every bit of money that I have, every bit of skill, anything that I have, even though I don't feel like it's much, I offer it to you. Take me to China if you desire to take me there. And God began to press upon her heart very practical things that she could begin doing to become part of God's rescue plan for China. And one thing she started to do was save every bit of money that she possibly could, work extra side jobs, scrape together all of the money that she could just to buy a one-way train ticket over to China. Now, most people did not travel by this route because it was extremely dangerous. She would have to go through Russia and other countries that were in the middle of wars. And the likelihood of her arriving in China safely was fairly low. But she said, Lord, if you are calling me to China, you will work everything out. I have childlike faith in you. And she became a spiritual athlete because she was willing to do anything. She was not preserving her own comfort. She wasn't saying, I'll go to China under these conditions. She was willing to work night and day, use her own money and support herself to go. And one story that really stands out to me was that she had these really comfortable work shoes. So she was on her feet all day as a parlor maid, serving at parties and carrying big trays of things and cleaning. And so she had these comfortable leather shoes that helped her get through the day. But she saw this sign in a store that somebody was willing to buy good shoes. And so she went in there and sold her good shoes and traded them in for very cheap shoes that were both left feet. And she put all of the shoe money to China. And she wore those shoes with the two left feet until she even got to China and started her ministry. So again, holding nothing back, laying even her own comfort on the altar to say, Lord, work through me to reach the country of China, and I'm holding nothing back from you. And some of the most amazing preparations for the mission field that God worked in her life happened when she was first on her way to China. 
And I feel like she really got hit with spiritual attack, just as Eric and I can relate to that. Because when we first started out in ministry, we were hit very hard with spiritual attack. And I believe the enemy must have known how powerful her ministry would be because he tried to thwart her before she even got to the country. When she was going on the Trans-Siberian Railroad, which again was very dangerous, to just to get over there, she got detained in, in Russia by these corrupt government officials who wanted to keep them in their communist system. They, they wanted to keep her in their communist system and sort of treat her like a forced laborer for their for their communist agenda. And they took away her passport and she was sort of held prisoner in this hotel room. And she's trying to figure out how to get out of this country. Nobody knew she was there. She had nobody she could contact. And it was a very dangerous situation. And then on top of that, the owner of the hotel, who had been drinking, who was an evil man, tried to break into her room that night. And she said to him, you are not coming in here. And he's of course, towering above her, terrifying, has complete control, could totally easily overpower her. But he said to her, why not? And she said, because this is my bedroom. And he said, I am the master. I can do with you what I wish. And this was her response. This little woman who was not even five feet tall, she said, oh, no, you cannot. You may not believe in the power of God, but he is here. Touch me and see. Between you and me, God has put a barrier. Now go. And this huge burly man who was double her size stared at her, shivered, and without a word, turned and walked away, never came back. And later that night, God miraculously allowed her to escape on a Japanese ship that was sailing away, but barely. (laughs) She had to really take a flying leap onto this ship and she had nothing left. And But it was so clear the enemy did not want her to get to China, but as she trusted in the power of God, nothing could hinder her from fulfilling the purposes of God. And there's so many incredible adventures in Gladys Aylward's story that exemplify that childlike faith and that willingness to become a spiritual athlete. But I just want to highlight a couple moments in her story that really stood out to me. After she had lived in the village of Yangchen, China, for quite a few years, she was summoned by the governor of that region to intervene in a riot that had broken out in a men's prison. And when she arrived there, she found that the convicts were rampaging in the prison courtyard. Several of them had been killed. And the officers, the soldiers, the guards were not even able to get things under control. They were afraid to go in. The warden of the prison told her to go into the courtyard and stop the rioting. And her response was, well, how can I do that? She's this little teeny woman with no weapons, nothing. And he replied, you have been preaching that you have the living God inside of you. So obviously you can't be killed. You can go in here. And that was their interpretation of her talking about the living God. And she thought, well... They're not quite understanding what I mean by the living God, but she said, I know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So she decided in the power of God to boldly walk into that court courtyard as the prisoners were killing each other and trust in the power and the protection of God. She saw this man who was the leader of the riot holding a sharp object, a knife or something like that, where he had killed some people with it, and he held it above her head. She walked right up to him, and he held it above her as if he was going to attack her, and she just looked him right in the eye and commanded him to put down his weapon. He was stunned and startled because of the power that was exuding from her life, the courage that was exuding from her eyes. He put his weapon down, and then she commanded all of the prisoners to go back to their cells, and they obeyed. And that gave her the opportunity to advocate on the behalf of the prisoners, and soon she had completely transformed that prison with the truth of the gospel. And so that was just one moment that showed her willingness to go 
where others wouldn't go, to have stunning composure in the midst of a crisis, even though she felt weak, even though she felt small, believing with childlike faith in the power of God and rising up and becoming a spiritual athlete when others would have backed off and given up a long time ago. Imagine having that much confidence in the protection of God and knowing that his promises are real and that you can bank on them. As Corey Ten Boom used to say, God's promises are the greatest reality. And when we live that way, we don't just hope that God will back us up, that, that God will come through for us, but we know that he will. It causes us not to cower in fear when the enemy tries to attack. It causes us to rise up in the strength of God and push the enemy back. And only someone who truly believes God to be as big and powerful as he claims to be can walk in that kind of unshakable boldness. When Gladys Aylward studied the word of God, she didn't analyze it or question it or overthink it. She took she took it as fact and she built her life around it. And as a result, fear was not able to control her in any situation. And of course, the famous story from her life is when she chose in the middle of a war that broke out to lead over 100 children on a six-week journey across a mountain pass to try to get them to safety. And she almost died on that journey because it was so grueling and so intense. And again, she rose up on the power of God. She allowed God to do in and through her what she could never do on her own. A lot of Christians succumb to spiritual apathy because of physical weakness and tiredness and lack of stamina and circumstances that are overwhelming. Gladys Aylward was actually the opposite. She wasn't physically strong. She didn't have anything physically that would be impressive, but she knew that God had called her to perform mighty exploits for his kingdom, that he would provide every bit of strength and stamina needed for the task. She didn't allow her physical weakness to control her decisions. Time and time again, she pushed her body beyond its natural limits, relying on the strength of God to carry her through. Now, that didn't mean she had some superhero body that never got sick or weak. When she finished that six-week journey with those children over the mountain pass, she was incoherent. She was almost dead. Her body was completely breaking down, but God got her through that journey, and then he restored her to health. Her entire ministry was very much like the Apostle Paul, who said he was marked by weariness and painfulness and watchings often in hunger and thirst and fastings often in cold and nakedness. But she didn't complain. She didn't give in to apathy. She didn't give up. She continued to rise up on that strength that God makes available to us. He says in his word that he gives grace upon grace. So when we use up a little bit of the grace he supplies to us, there's always more grace waiting there to be received. Most of us just are not willing to say, Lord, let me receive your grace upon grace for this situation. And Gladys Ilward was willing to receive his grace upon grace, which is why her life was absolutely extraordinary for the kingdom of God. For the rest of her life, she always went straight into the most impractical and even dangerous situations for the glory of God. And even when she was in the final days of her life, she was caring for little children in China who had nowhere else to go. Gladys Aylward's childlike faith in God might seem illogical and impractical to many of us. And Again, she's probably one of those missionaries that's the easiest to say, well, she was in a special category. But I believe there was nothing special about her. In fact, what makes her so special is how ordinary she was. But she dared to trust God and take him at his word. And because of that, she lived one of the most conquering, victorious lives this world has ever seen. To impact the world 
for eternity. We don't need a long list of human qualifications. In fact, sometimes the more qualifications we have, the more we rely on ourselves rather than the power of God. Gladys Elward had very few human qualifications. In fact, before she went to China, she tried to apply for the mission field through the China Inland Mission and was rejected because as far as language study and book learning, she was not very good. So no education, no money, no real physical stamina, and yet the one thing she had going for her is a complete willingness to yield to the power of God. And that's what you and I need as well. We need an immovable, unshakable, rock-solid faith in our extraordinary God. This is not just for special Christians. This is for every single one of us. And this is summarized so well in some of the things that she said toward the end of her life. Here's one of my favorite quotes from Gladys Hillward. I wasn't God's first choice for what I've done for China. I don't know who it was. It must have been a man, a well-educated man. I don't know what happened. Perhaps he died. Perhaps he wasn't willing. And God looked down and saw Gladys Hillward and said, well, she's willing. That is so encouraging to so many of us who feel inadequate and underqualified for the work we feel God is calling us to. It is not qualifications that we need, but willingness. And this is another quote from Gladys Aylward. If God has called you to China or any other place and you are sure in your own heart, let nothing deter you. Remember, it is God who has called you and it is the same as when he called Moses or Samuel. Wow, so powerful. When God is the one calling us, we don't need to look to ourselves, but to the power of the one who has called us. It doesn't take wealth or popularity or education to be used for God's glory. He is looking for a humble and surrendered heart. We so often want ministry to fit into a nice little box that doesn't inconvenience our life in any way, but in order to truly see the power of God at work in and through us, we have to understand that gospel-centered ministry starts with childlike faith and complete surrender. It's not supposed to be an easy, comfortable side hobby. It's meant to be a cross. You can see this in the example of Jesus. His earthly ministry was certainly not easy, and it didn't fit into a neat little box. Often, Jesus and his disciples didn't have time to stop or eat or have a place to rest their heads. And even when he sought to get away from home, the crowds followed him and called after him. He was mocked and hated by the leaders of the day. He was falsely accused. He was betrayed, and he was crucified. And he asked us to take up our cross and follow in his steps. And then, of course, there's the Apostle Paul. No one could ever use the word easy to describe his ministry life. His weights that he carried were so much more intense than any of us could ever imagine. Just read Second Corinthians 11 to get a little picture of what his life was like. That's the passage that talks about in perils in the waters and perils in the deep and perils of robbers on and on and on and on. And most of us look at a list like that and think, well, I could never do those things. But what's interesting is in the midst of all of Paul's trials, he was so joyful and so content, and he wanted others to experience what he had. As he said in in Acts 26, I would to God that all who hear me today might become altogether such as I am. So we can see from these examples and from the examples of men and women like Gladys Aylward that when it comes to ministry and to the Christian life, it's not ease that we should seek but God's grace. God's amazing grace can equip us to handle weights joyfully and triumphantly that we can never handle on our own. That is what it means to be a spiritual athlete. And that is what I have been so inspired with when I study the life of Gladys Aylward.
My challenge to you today is to say, Lord, whatever you have called me to, if I've been putting limitations around it, if I've been protecting my own comforts, or if I've been feeling underqualified or holding back because I feel inadequate, Lord, give me the grace to put all of that aside and trust that your power working in and through me is what I really need to change the world for eternity. And remember that what God calls us to, he equips us for. And probably one of the greatest examples of that in Christian history is the life of Gladys Hilbert. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I pray that you have a week where God propels you out of your comfort zone into the realm of becoming a spiritual athlete. God bless. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, from our campus in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekly sermon is delivered live at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings with a delayed live stream available at noon Mountain Time. Go to ellerslie.com forward slash daily to get all the details. Thanks for listening.